Will you pray with me? Father, I am so thankful for the encouragements of that last song that when when storms arise in our lives, when our oceans roar, um, you are with us and uh, and we can count on your, your saving hand to, to walk us through whatever we're facing. Uh, as we face all that's going on in our world right now, uh, thank you for already providing and, and, and we pray, God, that you would continue to do so. Protect those uh, who are uh, on the front lines of this disease, helping those who are uh, stricken with it. Um, uh, provide for those people's healing. God, I pray, um, uh, I, I ask God that you would uh, comfort those who have experienced loss in this period and um, that you continue to use us as your church to make the differences that we can uh, for your glory's sake. Uh, as we open your word now, as always, I ask that you would push me aside, speak in my place. Um, uh, use this time to edify your body and to take us into what will bring you the most glory. Uh, from our lives. Uh, help us to change uh, what needs changing. Uh, thank you, God. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And greetings once again to you, wherever you are. How are we doing? I pray the answer is well. Uh, even as we commence another opportunity to be together uh, apart, we are here, week six of doing church exclusively online. And I am uh, kind of getting accustomed uh, to talking to a camera instead of people. In fact, I've wondered uh, if at some point all of this experience might translate to a second career, maybe a, a sportscaster on a local news uh, channel or, or maybe even a, a star of a daytime soap opera. I thought that'd be cool. I don't know if those still exist. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> all of this time apart has uh, made me miss you sorely and and I long for the day when we get back together uh, in our room and are able to praise together, praise God together and, and, and hear from God as we study his word together. I am looking forward to preaching to some faces. Uh, but man, I'm still just so grateful that we get to do this uh, the way that we're doing it now. Uh, I, I uh, implore you to continue praying with me uh, for an end to this situation. Um, and as we prayed just a second ago, pray for those who are not only fighting the virus in their own bodies, but pray for those who are helping them in the hospitals, uh, our medical uh, you know, staffs and doctors and nurses who are, are making a difference on the front lines. Uh, speaking of which, Travis mentioned it earlier, but uh, I am so pumped that our church gets to be a part of a, a, a group of churches who are um, taking on the initiative of feeding the front lines or, or just you know, encouraging and loving on those who are working on COVID-19 floors in our area hospitals. Um, what a great way for the body of Christ to show his love to this all-important segment of our populace. Um, you, you can log on to our website, even right now, and, and join us in supporting this and the other ministry uh, endeavors that we're giving to at this time uh, just by clicking on the Give button and following the prompts. Um, man, I am so grateful to be leading a flock that consistently shows up in times like these. You guys are such a huge blessing to me. And, and together we, I trust, are a great blessing to those in our church and outside in our community uh, who need the love of Christ. Um, well, I'm going to preach to you now, and uh, we're going to continue what we started uh, a few weeks back before we broke for Palm Easter or Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, which, by the way, I really enjoyed uh, 
preaching those messages. Not so much the suit and tie, but some of you like that. Anyway, uh, but before we got, uh, you know, into Holy Week and all that uh, was, you know, so great about that, uh, we kind of ditched what we had planned to be preaching on uh, so that we could uh, uh, talk through what has become a series of messages on what really matters. Yeah. We're talking about what really matters in light of all that's going on in our world. If nothing else, here's my prayer. My prayer is that all these recent events have given those of us in the church a, a chance to step back and reevaluate our priorities as we continue to seek to follow Jesus Christ in our lives. We all need to be asking and answering the following question. Are we living for what really matters or are we just wrapped up in, in things that don't? Now, we've already covered... Some of what our scriptures say should rise above the clamor and clutter that often buries us in life. On the first week of this uh, shutdown, we talked about uh, faith taking the place of our fears. A, a timely message, I pray it was a help to you. And then we studied a, a few verses in the weeks that followed that in, in Hebrews chapter 10 that highlighted the importance, importance of drawing near to and holding fast to God, even as we spur each other on and doing the same in our own lives. These are but a few of the irreducible elements of the Christ life, the, the things that w must supersede all else if we are to be the disciples that God has called us to be. Uh, but today I want to talk about something that uh, some of us, because of our personalities and, and how we're wired up, uh, are going to be better equipped uh, perhaps to, to excel in <laughs> than maybe uh, others uh, who are here today. Uh, if you ask my wife, Eleanor, uh, she'd tell you that her husband often struggles with this topic that we're tackling today uh, and has done so uh, for most of his life. What we're covering in the next few minutes uh, is crucial. It's of utmost importance. So everybody here needs to listen up. How crucial, you might ask? Well, without this thing that we're talking about today, none of what really matters in the Christ life ever gets started or keeps going in the lives that we seek to live for him. So what are we talking about? Maybe you've guessed. What is this all-important thing? Our focus today is on the importance of focusing. Today we're going to talk about being intentional with our attentions, about keeping the main thing the main thing and, and not taking our eye off of the proverbial ball. See, um, I think we can all agree to this following statement. See if you can. In life, success most often come down, comes down to a person's ability to get focused and stay focused. Let me say that again. In life, success most often comes down to a person's ability to get focused and stay focused. I, I think I learned this uh, was true early on in my life, especially at the beginning of my scholastic career. While, while many of us grew up wisely spreading our study time and, and focusing on right answers over multiple days preceding some particular test, there were others among us who were, and perhaps still are, master crammers. Wave to me, master crammers, yeah. Uh, some of my earliest memories of school were in second grade. Uh, we, we would get 10 words every week to, to be able to spell correctly and, and, and know some of the meanings of. And, and so those 10 words, our vocab words, would be given us uh, to study from Monday through Friday because the, the quiz was going to be Friday morning. <laughs> 
Uh, but I would arrive to school as, as, a, as a seven-year-old having not looked at the words. And so uh, I would spend the five minutes before class started uh, as a little kid uh, just burrowing down on the things that I needed to know for the quiz. Uh, nobody else could talk to me because I was allocating every ounce of my brain matter to the short-term memory of these answers. I, I think this is universally true. In most things, our ability to focus has been and will always be a significant difference, difference maker in our lives. Uh, anybody remember getting their license? I was focused on the day that it came uh, time to take my driver's test. Um, I, I, I did pretty well on the written, uh, but I was worried that, you know, the guy sitting next to me who had the power to say yay or nay uh, to my driving as a 16-year-old um, would find something that I was doing wrong. And so I try to remember all the rules to hit my blinker at the right time. Uh, I got my license. Maybe you did too. Um, but that's just one of the instances where, where focus paid dividends. I, I think focus still matters, even as we drive around our streets, uh, you know, in our world today. Uh, I was driving down 60 a, a couple days ago, and there was a, a four-car uh, kind of, you know, pileup. Not, not a bad one, but just people had run into each other, uh, four cars in a row. Two of them were Amazon trucks uh, that are perhaps are out of circulation now in delivering the things that we need. Um, the first wreck I ever got into, I wasn't even in the car. I just had, uh, had a momentary lapse of focus. I forgot to set the parking brake in this uh, standard uh, you know, vehicle, and, and it slipped out of gear, rolled down my driveway, and hit my dad's car on the uh, side panel. He was pretty happy about that. Uh, even as life goes on, uh, focus remains of utmost importance because many of us currently have jobs that require uh, our constant undivided attention for them to be successful. Like, like, who of us here, or there, wherever you are, would go under the knife with a surgeon who was easily distracted? Uh, not me. Uh, we want people to be in tune and honed in on what matters most. Yeah, to be sure, as we talk about it today, uh, we can see that focus matters in just about every area of life. Um, but I'm not here to talk about our ability to focus in things like elementary school and driver's ed. As always, uh, I'm with you today to talk about the Christ life, uh, which, by the way, just so happens to be the area of life where I think focus matters the most. Uh, the importance of right attentions and affections gets lots of run in our Bibles. I'm not going to point to every place where it's seen, but over and over again, we see this truth play out. People who stay on point in the Bible, they prevail. Those who get distracted, not so much. Uh, one of my favorite stories growing up was the story of, uh, of, of this guy, Lot. He was the nephew of Abraham. He lived in a really wretched place called Sodom and Gomorrah. And God decided to judge that city. And, and he just gave them this one simple uh, you know, um, command as they left. They could be spared, but they, they could not look back. And does anybody remember this one? So, uh, uh, Lot had this wife uh, who uh, just wanted to sneak one last peek at her former home. And uh, when she did, the Bible tells us she became a pillar of salt, a column of N-A-C-L, um, all because she couldn't keep things in focus. The gospel accounts, we just sang a song about it. Um, the disciples were 
uh, on the Sea of Galilee and a huge storm came up. Jesus walks out to them on the water. I talk to you about this all the time. Peter, one of his disciples, uh, asks if it's really him. Jesus says it is. He says, well, then great, let's dance. And Pete goes out of the, bo- the boat. And, and for a time they do. They dance on the waves. But then Peter loses focus, takes his eyes off of his Savior. And we all probably know what happens. He begins to sink. Like I said a minute ago, and the people in the Bible who stay on point ultimately prevail. Why those who get distracted do not. Uh, this leads me to a, a, maybe a, a bold theological statement. Uh, I submit to you that every sin, whether it be a transgression, an overt act of defiance against God, what we call a sin of commission, or whether it be an unintended failure, a situation where we just forget to do what we're supposed to do, uh, a sin that's known as a sin of omission, every sin in our past was, in every sin in our presence or our present is, and every sin in our future will be born of this abject failure to focus. If you weren't picking up what I was putting down there, I'm, I'm basically saying sins are the result of a lack of focus. It's a lack of doing what we're supposed to do. This is why the ability to get and stay focused is such a big deal in the life of we who follow Christ. It's something that should really matter to us at all times. But man, especially when we find ourselves in the teeth of a storm like this pandemic that's been unfolding in our history. When, When stress and anxiety and uncertainty press in on all sides, here's my prayer. May God grant us the focus that we need to be able to invoke our faith in the face of those fears. May God grant us the ability uh, to fix our eyes, as we're going to see today, on him and not on the stuff that's in our world. Uh, As this whole series has been a a revisiting of the things in life that really matter, I actually, uh, just a few hours ago, ditched the entire sermon that I wrote on Monday Monday, (laughs) to, to revisit a text that will help us hopefully understand what needs to happen for us to get and stay focused in the Christ life. I say revisit a text because I'm going to go back to a piece of the Bible that I love and that I preached to you in my first year as your pastor. That's a long time ago. Uh, Back then, I actually taught us some motions to help us remember the message. Um, And and maybe some of you remember them. We'll we'll see as we get to it. Um, As we do these motions, I I would encourage you to, to play along. There's no one to see you do these except your family members. Uh, So kids, make your parents do them. Parents, make your kids do them. Um, We're not going to do all of them, but at least we can start. I'm talking about what we find in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and this is what we did all those years ago. We said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, I still don't know why we do it that way, and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race, that's a racetrack, marked, me, not really, out for, and then put your arms around somebody, us. And this is the key part. Verse 2 says, fixing our eyes, fixing, I think we did, our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, there's more. 
but that's where we're going to stop. Nice job if you did the motions. Now, with the time that we have left, what are these verse telling us, uh, verses telling us to do? Well, let me summarize as we start by putting these verses in my own words. Uh, since we have the stories of so many who have gone before us, that's what it says when it says this great cloud of witnesses. It's, it's talking about those who um, in history past have gotten and stayed focused on God's best for their lives. Uh, you can read chapter 11. It's the whole report of them. It's just a rundown. Uh, but since we have so many stories of those who've gone before us, then let's be about throwing off what doesn't matter and casting aside the sins that stand between us and what does. And then once freed from all that holds us back, let's get to running and, and let's keep running without stopping for breaks or distractions on this narrow road that God has laid out for us. That's what Hebrews is telling us today. I, I'm going to spend a little bit more time going through what all that means, but, but that's in essence what we have here in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Uh, let me, uh, as we go forward, uh, pay attention to the verbs in these verses, the actions that are demanded by what we just read. In the first two verses, uh, we see three main verbal statements. See, see if you can see them with me. The first one is this, throw off. The second one is this, run with perseverance. And the third one, the all-important one, is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to spend a huge amount uh, of uh, my preaching on the whole run with a peer, uh, perseverance part of this passage. Um, life here, as in other parts of the book, is uh, referred to as a race, uh, a, a race that's on a road we are meant to travel in our submitted obedience to God. Now, the race is described here as a long one. It's more a marathon than a sprint. Ever felt that way about the Christ life? This is getting long. It's getting hard. And so consequently, we need to constantly be asking God for the strength to hang in there, to keep going even when we grow weary, that we might finish the race without stopping or diverting away from this road that he's marked out for us. Now, we do this because we believe fully, with all of our hearts, that when we run as God appoints, God gets the glory that he deserves from our surrender. And we, in turn, get the best of what he has to offer us in our lives. Now, it shouldn't surprise us that this whole running with perseverance deal is greatly dependent on the subject that we're covering today. Focus matters. And I've said it a couple times already today, but let me say it one more time. Because our race is long and it gets so hard at times, we need to get, to get and to stay focused on Jesus. That's why uh, the other two verbs in, in these verses center on the importance of focus in the Christ life. Uh, the first command to focus is, is the command to, to focus on what's in your life that doesn't need to be there, to be rid of what doesn't matter in life. All the things that can steal our focus from what really does matter in life. And the second command is the command to train our attention on Jesus, the one who has given us this new life and who will go with us as we seek to complete all that he has started in us in this new life. So we're going to start by talking about this whole idea of throwing off what doesn't matter in life. Our, our text describes um, these things that need to be thrown off in two distinct ways. We are first commanded to throw off what hinders 
Uh, whatever that is, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. But then we are told to get rid of any sins that entangle us as well. Being, being free from such things will allow us to fix our gaze in the proper direction, in the direction of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So let me break each of these uh, things down. Uh, the first, the things that hinder us, uh, these are the innocuous things that we often treasure um, more than Christ, the things that serve to make Jesus a, a bit fuzzy in our lives. These are the, the lesser priorities, not sinful ones, but, but just lesser priorities that we uh, choose to make our ultimates, things like our jobs, our hobbies, our money, our earthly relationships over our heavenly one. Now, these things aren't evil in and of themselves, but they become so when we elevate them above our king and his rightful places first in our lives. When our attentions are directed at these things more than at Christ, we can't help but give him less than our best. Uh, and the fuzzies set in. Um, my wife, Eleanor, is in charge of, of, a, of a neighborhood watch called the Otter Watch. And uh, uh, Kevin, can you bring me those binoculars? They're right there. I, we've tried really hard to be really, uh, you know, professional in these videos, but I forgot my binoculars. Everybody say hi to Kevin. Wave to the camera, Kevin. There we are. <laughs> and in Otter Watch, Eleanor utilizes a pair of binoculars. Now, these binoculars are pretty great. You can see things from far, far away, but there's this little, uh, you know, um, I don't know, whatever this is, a, a lever or whatever in the middle that allows you to focus in on the things that you want to see. Now, depending on where you put it, just like with a camera or something, you can say things closer or further, uh, but uh, anything but the, the, the right focus, the, the, the right adjustment that allows you to see uh, what you want to see, is, is it's going to leave you seeing fuzzy. Um, it's not that those places where the, the focus is honed in on are, are necessarily bad. They're just not what you want to see. Uh, let me put it another way. If you're fixing your eyes on anything more than Jesus, even if it's a good thing, your view of Jesus kind of looks a little bit like this. Don't try to adjust your sets. Uh, this is another camera that we have intentionally put out of focus uh, so that we can see what it's like uh, when we try to view Jesus in the midst of a crowded and cluttered world uh, of innocuous things that we put ahead of him. I'm going to go back to the other camera now. So those are the things that hinder us, the innocuous things that just make Jesus fuzzy. And now let's just deal with the, 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 the next part of the verse where it says that there's, uh, there's these sins that so easily entangle us that, that need to be shed as well. Not as much nuance on this one. Uh, has been the case since the first sin, as I mentioned earlier in our time together. All sin starts uh, with our turning from the focus that we're meant to have, the attention that we're meant to give to our God. Uh, but this verse reminds us that, the, that there's a sinister nature to sin, namely that it's, it's never satisfied with just once. Have you noticed that? Sin likes to revisit. It likes to, to take hold of us, to entangle us. Uh, and it becomes this ongoing impediment for us in the race that we're meant to run with God on this road that he's marked out for us. Uh, I remember as a, a middle schooler 
being kind of a jokester. And so during, uh, you know, certain classes, I would, uh, you know, have one of my friends distract another friend. And while they were distracted, I would reach down from behind their chair and, and take the ends of their shoelaces and tie them together. So that when they got up and started to walk out of the, or out of the classroom, uh, they would, you know, obviously have a hard time walking. Uh, when we have sin in our lives, it's like trying to run with your shoelaces tied together. Or, or, or maybe it's like this. It's like uh, anybody ever been in a three-legged race? Yeah, you go to the, you know, the school fair or something like that back in the old days. Maybe they, they probably don't do that. There's probably a video game for three-legged races, and that's how we're doing it now. But, uh, uh, but back in the day, you'd actually put your leg in a sack with someone else and, and link arms, and, and you'd try to run back and forth in this relay called a three-legged race. Well, um, I don't know about you, but the other person typically made my walking more difficult. I'm sure I did for them as well. But this is the effect that sin has on us. It cripples us. It impedes us. Even worse, sin goes further than, you know, what the innocuous things giving us do in giving us the fuzzies. It, it acts as a complete blocker, and it makes it impossible for us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Um, uh, one of the favorite things that I, I love seeing is people like trying to use a, a pair of binoculars like this and not knowing that there's lens, lens caps on them. They're like, that doesn't work. I can't. Well, you, you got to take these off. But, but these are uh, the kinds of things that sins represent in our lives. They, they completely block, block our view of our Savior. They're, they're kind of like a tall guy at a concert. Uh, I've been to this concert, you know, and 6'9 guy comes up, and uh, we're all standing there watching the show, and 6'9 guy just decides to stand in front of me. Thanks a lot, bro. And, and to make things worse, he decides to film the show with his phone. That's what I want to do. Go to a live show so I can, so I can watch it through your Android. <laughs> I wish at times in these situations I could throw those guys off. They're way bigger than me, so I don't. But uh, what I end up doing is I just walk away, which is what must happen with us when it comes to our sin, if we are to be able to fix our eyes on Jesus. We, we need to be rid of our sin, to, to leave the area that we find it in, to get to a spot where we can see the stage or see Jesus. So Hebrews is telling us, that on this long and tiring race called life, it's paramount that we stay focused. That we must be vigilant in clearing our sight lines of the innocuous and the insidious uh, that uh, so easily creeps into our lives. For us to be the disciples that God calls us to be, nothing can be allowed to be more important than Jesus. That's why in the next verse, the author tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, I used to think that fixing one's eyes on Jesus meant that Jesus was this far off, remote aim of ours, barely visible because of the distance that exists between us and him. He, he, was, he was like the prize at the end of a race, a finish line of sorts, if you will. I, uh, many years ago, trained for a mar marathon, if you can believe that. And on long runs, I'd, I'd, I'd get to the end of the run, be super tired, and, and, and it was just trying to make it from, from telephone pole to telephone pole, from fire hydrant to stop sign, from some landmark to the next landmark, just so I could get my legs there and get my body there and finish the race. I, I think that's how I pictured this whole fix our eyes on Jesus. He's out there. I'm back here. I got to get to him. Uh, but I don't think that anymore. I don't think I thought that back then. I, I just think I wasn't reading what the verse was really saying. I, I think that we're being told in this verse, verse uh, to run towards Jesus, but, but not in the sense that I just explained. 
Um, I think that, if we leave it there, infers that we believers are somehow not present with Christ and in Christ in our existence with him in a constant way. The Bible states clearly that because I have believed and received Jesus, Jesus and I are now and forever one. I am in Christ and he is in me. And therefore, he can never be remote or distant, ever. No matter how hard the race feels or, or how tired I get. He is my savior and my Lord. He is my God and my king. But he is also close, imminent, and intimate. Not just with me, but with all of us who have given ourselves to him. So when I read that I am to fix my eyes on Jesus, I understand that the author isn't depicting Jesus here as some kind of finish line. He's telling us that Jesus is our running partner in the race that he has marked out for us. You know, in those same six months that I was uh, training to be uh, in this marathon, I never ran it, by the way. I blew my knee out. Long story, boo-hoo. But uh, in those six months, as the, as, the, as the running commenced and continued, I, I did so in concert with one of my best friends, a guy named Gary, who lives back in Dallas. Gary was a marathoner. He had ran uh, several races up to that point in our lives. And so he was kind of the one who, you know, inspired me to do this. He sent me a book that detailed my training uh, and helped me build up to the 26 miles that we would eventually run in the race. Now, and then even one weekend, as we got further into the miles, he actually flew from Dallas to Florida to run a 10-miler with me. <laughs> uh, I learned a couple things as I ran with Gary. I'm really slow, like slower than most people, I think, when they run. <laughs> uh, but I also learned that I can keep going more than I thought I could. Because having Gary there helped me with my pace, helped me to, you know, to, to overcome some barriers and going the distance. It, it gave me a greater drive and, and it enhanced um, the runner in me. Uh, so it is with Jesus as we run this race. He, he's not this far distant goal of ours. He is our ever-present running partner. Uh, be encouraged, fellow followers. We get to run this race with Jesus out in front encouraging us to keep picking them up and putting them down. And get this, when things get really dark and the winds of adversity howl, we get to tuck in behind our Savior to actually draft off of him as we follow him through life, locked in step with him, stride for stride, all the while staying on this path that he has marked out for us. Man, what an incredible blessing it is to have him on our road with us. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. I just wanted you to know uh, that we are called to throw off the things that hinder, to, to run with perseverance this race marked out for us. But it's all enabled by our focus and fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So let me ask a couple questions as we kind of finish up. First, are, are you still running the race? Are you running with perseverance or, or, or are you maybe on a break or maybe you've left the road that God has marked out for us? Uh, if that's happened, I, I would ask you to ask this next question. Um, in what direction are you pointing your affections and attentions today? If your affections and your attentions 
are trained on um, the things that hinder, the innocuous things that you prioritize over our God, or, or the, things, uh, the sins that entangle you, the, the sins that hold you back. Um, if your focus is on those things, th- then the race is lost. Yeah, I adjure you, I, I beg of you, if you do nothing else in this season, but in all seasons, if you do nothing else in life, do this. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. That means focusing on him and, 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 and focusing also on the things that need to go, uh, being rid of the innocuous and the insidious stuff that sometimes gets prioritized ahead of him. Uh, by the grace of God, here's my prayer, that he grants you the strength that you need to throw off all that stuff that hinders and entangles so that you might focus your full attention on him. Uh, Anything that distracts, detracts. If it's more important to us than Jesus is, it will always end up tripping us uh, up in our race with him. Um, We're talking about what really matters. So I will end with this. What really matters right now as we all continue to adjust to the new normal that this pandemic is pushing us into, whether we want to go there or not. What really matters right now is to focus on Jesus, to fix our eyes on him, to zero in on what he's done and what he's leading us to do, and just do it. And what really matters in our evermore, as we get out of this season and head on to the rest of life for as long as God gives us life, What really matters as we await the return of our king is to focus on Jesus. You thought I was going to say something different. I'm not. That's what matters now and forevermore, that we focus on Jesus and we tuck in behind him as we follow and we keep in step with him as he reveals his way forward for us. Let's close in prayer. Hey, God, that's my hope for our people. It's my hope for my life. Um, that as uh, I run this race with you and that as we uh, seek to honor you, uh, that you would give us a clarity of focus, uh, a razor sharp um, uh, um, attention and affection for you. Um, God, grant us uh, a a continual uh, fixing of our eyes. May we never glance to the left or to the right to the things that don't matter. May you always keep us intent on what you have for us so that we might give you the glory uh, that you deserve in our lives and receive from you what only you can give. Uh, I pray for those who are anxious right now uh, that you would rescue them from those things and help them to put you first. I pray for the people who are um, impatient right now Uh, almost angry because this is still going on. I pray that you would give them peace and a focus on you above all else. Uh, I pray, God, that if we're, uh, you know, sitting here, uh, you know, across the screen from each other and, and, uh, and there's people out there who don't know you yet, I pray that they would focus on you for the first time and uh, surrender their lives to you and become your disciples as they follow you. Uh, Lord, I'm, uh, I'm grateful Uh, that your focus is never off of us. You love us, even when we are unlovely, uh, and you never leave us or forsake us. Father, help us uh, to do the same, to focus our lives on you, to never leave you or forsake you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.